When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Equity of up to one hundred and fifty million pounds. You're not here to find your hidden game. We want to try to reduce this gap. I think that uh, a good team has to be good. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at a Stedka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. It is episode 88, and it is not going to be a fun one, but Scott is here to get through it with me. He is at DSM Spurs. Scott, what's good, man? Not much, right? <laughs> not much, right? It's not good. Tottenham, yeah. that's for sure. No, no, no. No, every, it, in general, life's good, right? Things are good. Today's results is shit, but you know, we'll get we'll get into that. Um but yeah, gonna go gonna go up north and spend the afternoon with the in-laws and that'll be nice. So all things considered, things are good. A nice little escape. Uh I am traveling as well. Had a had a wedding yesterday in North Carolina, traveling back tonight, but I've managed to sneak away from the Sunday brunch uh to do a podcast with you for a little bit here and talk about the week that was uh, with Tottenham Hotspur. Not good results at all. Um, let's we're, we're going to kind of take these a little bit together, but but we'll separate them somewhat. Uh, Spurs lose midweek at Old Trafford 2-0 to Manchester United in a game that I thought they played a lot better, at least in the first half, than the score would indicate. The second half, they just fell apart. Um, and then today, in fact, uh, about 10 minutes ago, the, the match went full time for context. Uh, Spurs lose their first home match in eight tries uh, this season again in, in all competitions to Newcastle United 2-1. Um, Scott, there's a lot going on at this club right now. And, and you and I have been going back and forth in the group chat a little bit uh, with Dakota as well. And um, I think this team is dealing with a lot of, of stuff as it barrels toward a world cup break there's an injury crisis of sorts um with two forwards down and and a midfielder down today in in hoybier um there is there's i don't want to say there's an identity crisis i think there's more of an injury injury crisis than an identity crisis but what from a general standpoint what's your take on this last week things have kind of really the worm seems to have turned a little bit and fans are going to be awfully upset after after the week that was with two really bad results but um, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, push comes to shove. You look at the, the standings right now and you look at everybody kind of starting to bunch up a little bit, uh, especially in this top five to six teams. And I just I, I, I'm bothered by what's happening, but I'm also not hitting the panic button by any stretch. Is that where you are? Yeah, I'm about the same. I mean, I think. Um, you, you know, me well enough to know I have a more maybe a, a of a laissez-faire approach to some of this stuff anyways, right? But I think no panic, but I definitely – I'm a little bit concerned. And I think I 
as you said, you and I went back and forth all morning in the group chat, you know, um, and we can get into some of that, I think, as the episode goes on. I think it'll be relevant, but right now, I I think I'm seeing some things compounding. I, you know, I think there's an argument to be made that, and I, and I'm not even saying I'm in this in this group, right? But there's certainly an argument to be made that we really haven't looked that great this year at all. I think I I, I look to early early matches and certainly receipts from this show of me saying. We didn't look great, but we got the result, and that's what good teams do. But I think that only goes so far, right? And that can only be used as as a euphemism for so long, right? Um, I don't, I don't see us controlling matches that we should be controlling right now. I think, and I don't mean possession, right? And you know this, right? I'm just talking to the listener. I don't, I don't mean possession when I say controlling a match, right? I think. We, we're creating opportunities. We've missed some opportunities, right? And that can that can turn a game on its head. But I, I don't see in the last two matches, especially the compactness that I had seen, the precision as far as formation, or sorry, positional awareness that I had seen from, from the team. Um, and some of that is down to injury and, and, and having to supplement missing players for sure, right? No, no PEH is always going to lead to a little bit of a disjo- disjointed midfield, I, I can argue, right? But I, I just don't see us being able to implement control that we were that we were implementing, even though the matches were there was maybe an argument that we didn't look great, but we're getting results, right? Um, so for me, I think certainly not the panic button, but I do definitely get the sense that we are starting to taper off, you know, and 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 are going to end up finding ourselves where we kind of find ourselves every season as a club, right? Trying trying to rebound from, from a stumble that we really can't rebound from and then end up duking it out for fourth place, right? So that's just kind of kind of the season that I start to see unraveling. And, and I'm not surprised, right? I don't, I don't think that was ever out of the realm of possibilities, but I think we are not, we are not the precise, well-oiled Conte machine that we probably should be at this point. And that's why I'm just a little bit concerned, I think. Something stood out to me, what you said early on in that, in, in terms of controlling a match. And it's funny because I would not have gone into this week, be it at Old Trafford against Manchester United, or even at home against a Newcastle team that has shown the ability to, you know, through <laughs> through, through a lot of buys and a lot of, supplement um has shown the ability to, to to play with the big boys i mean newcastle is on its way to being to making this really a top seven just because of their financial injection um and everyone knows the story there i, I would not quite have expected tottenham and i'm not just talking really about possession either but i would not have expected them to c- control either of these games e- even even in a home match against newcastle i think that the way that tottenham controls games is that they produce multiple uh multiple opportunities for themselves not just through counterattacking, but you know really through just their their course of play they're not going to have the lion's share of the chances but those chances have to be hit and you you know again the united match i think was a little more lopsided in the second half than than anyone wants to appreciate how how decent the first half was the tail end of the first half Spurs really did kind of trail off, but once you come out in that second half and you you see the early goal within the first couple of minutes uh, from United, things kind of fell apart from there. 
But Spurs, you know, produced better and more chances than Newcastle did in that game today at home. Um, they and I know you don't want to hear about XG, but they they did win the XG battle. They won the 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 battle in terms of shots and big chances and um, a lot of the the periphery stats. They even won the possession battle uh, against Newcastle, mm-hmm. but they weren't able to execute on those chances. And you get a couple of slip ups, um, like they did today. The you know a lot can be said about the the Hugo Lloris uh, foul. Was it not a foul? VAR checked it. Uh, the goal from from Callum Wilson. Um, I think that for as good as as Hugo Lloris played on on Wednesday at Old Trafford, he was equally as bad in this one today. And that's been a run of games now where we've seen Hugo look a little a little shaky. I thought he was really tough today. And I think you're going to get um, uh, just with with changing what was it? They changed I think four of their five in the back line. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only constant there was Eric Dyer, and Eric Dyer has not been playing superbly um either i mean the the center backs have really quite struggled uh, it was interesting we were talking today about the fact that both romero and hoybier were not only um not in the starting lineup but not in the squad and we found out later they had both picked up minor injuries i don't think <laughs> it's funny I, I don't think that that's that shocking for a player like romero romero has not played very well of late and and that's mm-hmm. something that we've talked about a little bit i think i don't think anyone wants to really say it out loud but romero has not not played too well i think there's a little bit of um speculation that he's i I hate to say saving himself but you know i think everyone's a little bit nervous about you know three weeks from now this thing's going to come to a halt and everyone wants to be healthy going into a world cup obviously so it's weird and that's and that's i think kind of throughout not only the premier league but but all the the big european leagues um if you ask me i think there's a lot of that going around yeah i mean typically by the time by the time you know you need to be ready for the World Cup, you know where your team's going to finish in the season, right? And you're right. not you're not setting yourself up for the run in like we are now. So definitely strange, but I don't know. I mean, I, I I think when I back to your to your your point about control, I think like I think what I mean when I say that is I don't see us I don't see us using our how do I say this like our spacing maybe and our ball movement to pull opponents forward and and just when we are getting those chances which we are doing right so credit to the team and the tactics for that but i just think we're we're lacking we're lacking what we need in those moments right and that's where i i harp on the wingbacks because i think the wingbacks have played they both played well today right my issue is is with the tactics themselves i think those, the chances that we that we're creating, we have to take right, and I I think we're we're finding ourselves in positions where we're not quite sure that we can trust anyone outside of Perisic to be involved in, in the in you know the 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 final piece of all of this you know from an attacking perspective. Perisic also leaves a little bit to be desired defensively in the Premier League. We're finding out right, so I. I think we're so imbalanced because of the wingback play. And that's, it's it, again, it, that's where my concern is, right? Um, I think we've got to get it figured out. I, I said it in the group chat this morning, but when I look at Conte's last Premier League winning team, his wingbacks were Marcus Alonso and, and, and Aspila Cueta, both defenders by trade, right? But certainly, certainly we're, we're poised to, to be an attacking threat that year as well. So we need to find that, right? And I think, 
in Perisic, you, you have an attacking-minded player who's become a wingback. In Sessegnon, you have a young player who I think we still don't really know what his best qualities are. He seems to be more attacking-minded than, 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 than defensive-minded to me, you know, if, if you take today as a, as a one, one snapshot of that. Um, and then with Emerson and Doherty, I think we have very two different profiles, right? And we know yeah, one is defensive different. and one is attacking, right? And so we're just so imbalanced at the wingback position. And it's it, again, this formation requires perfection from that spot, right? And we're so far from that perfection, and that's what's killing us. And Conte's got to get it figured out because if we don't, it's going to continue to look like this. Kane and Son are getting isolated. When they get the ball, they they don't have opportunities to do anything with it, right? Um, and it's all because of the of the wingback play, which isn't which wasn't bad today. But it's never going to be good enough with with the options that we have. Is kind of my point, unfortunately. I I I think you're right to an extent that the wingback play has to be good, but they're also they're not getting any help from two different areas on the pitch. And I'm actually going to bypass the midfield right now because I think the midfield as a whole, outside of maybe Eve Basuma, I don't think he's played great because I think he's still getting acclimated. But I think that. When Hoybear's been in there, he's been good. I think that yeah. Bentoncourt has played well. And I thought Oliver Skip, for his first start since January today, I thought he played very, very well. Oliver he was Skip getting, was he great. Was, he was getting forward more than I have ever been used to Oliver Skip getting getting forward. But the the, the parts where I think the, the wingbacks are having trouble linking up is between the center backs and the forwards. Because I don't think he's there. That On either side, I don't think they're getting much help. And it's especially true on the right side. And this goes back to what I mentioned earlier. I don't think that Romero has been playing well, and that has not been helpful to a player like Emerson or Darty, whoever's on that right side. Uh, I don't think that it's been good enough. And on the left side, whether it's been Ben Davis or, or Longley, I don't think either of them have been providing enough by way of helping Ryan Sessegnon and, and, and Ivan Perisic get forward either. Um, at least in the proper way that they would want to do where they know that they have cover. Now, I want to hone in on Sessegnon for a second because you brought him up and we don't really know what he is. I think of all of the wingbacks, and I'm going to include Ivan Perisic in this, even though he provided quite a spark early on in the season in the first few games. I think his play has tailed off over the last week or or, or few weeks. Um, I also think that we haven't quite seen enough of Matt Doherty. Everyone knows how I feel about Emerson. I don't think that he's qualified to play wingback. I think he's a, a decent right back but not a wingback, and I'm not going to continue to beat that drum because, you know, eventually that drum's going to break if I continue to beat on it. But with Sessegnon, I think he's actually been overall the best wingback that we've had this season on the whole, and I don't think he played great against Newcastle today. I thought he was okay, but not great. But a lot of people are going to look to that first goal, or excuse me, to look to the second goal and look at at, at him losing the ball and 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 not, not being able to track back on his man, and then Longley gets burned. That, to me, all started with Hugo Lloris. And Hugo Lloris has been a problem for years with his distribution. He was a problem today with his distribution. And when it starts from the, the very back there, you're, it's all these pieces obviously are linked. And I think the wingback play, it can definitely improve, but it's not getting any help from the back line, including the goalkeeper, or from the front. And we really need to have a conversation about the fact that Harry Kane and Youngman's son are very simply not on it right now. They're not yeah. playing well whatsoever. And that's a big, big problem. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't really disagree with anything you're saying. I think it's, it's all correct. I think Sessegnon is, 
definitely has definitely been our best wing back eye test wise, right? I don't know statistically speaking, but I think if I'm Conte, Sessignon is probably if if I looked at every player that's like under the age of 25 across the squad, Sessignon's probably the brightest star in Conte's mind as far as as what Conte would want to do with 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 said players under the age of 25, right? I think he's been he gets in phenomenal space. He understands the formation really well. He's tailor-made for it, actually, I think, as he continues to improve his defensive acumen, right? Now, what he's got to work on is his first touch and his discipline because he he does he does get a little excited and he'll find himself offsides often, probably more than anyone else on the team because of that. But yeah, we also, saw that we saw that today very totally. crucially in a spot. Yeah, but his and his first touch is the other thing, right? And but it, but he'll he'll improve that. He's young. Justin Young's been great. Now, the center back play has not been good enough. I do think they were very much isolated today. I think they the wing backs left a lot of space behind them today and stretched the midfield and that put a lot of pressure on the center backs, right? A ton. That did not help us today. And and again, back to the wing back play I think or back to me talking about the wing back play is that there but I do think there's been some strange decision making from Dyer when you rotate Longley and, and Davies I don't think you can expect them to to have a you know a good 20 minutes or so as they bet into not having played in you know maybe 10 days or something like that Sanchez is just going to be Sanchez today I actually don't think he even played that poorly today but um but the, the when you, when we talk about the forwards, that's kind of my point here. They both are, have been off. They've both been very isolated. I do think that some of that's tactical, right? I think when 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 those two are trying to create overlap with Emerson, it's not happening. And you and you and I both agree on that, right? That does affect this. And with Sessignon, I think there's opportunity there. I think Sun and Sessignon have have some some room to improve as far as, you know, them, them being succinct. Kane also, I think found him himself on that side of the field often today and maybe jumble things up a little bit, but, but they're both out of sync. Um, I think what, what we're really missing right now, and this is where in the group chat, I had, I had discussed Kulisevsky. We're missing, we're missing that forward who is coming back, receiving the ball, driving forward with it and allowing that overlap to happen. Right. Son's not doing it well enough. He's trying. Kane is Kane. Kane does that sometimes, but he's looking to move the ball more. So when he receives a deep, I think then that then drive forward and create overlap. Right. Um, we're missing Kulisevsky big time. And that, that, that no question. Yeah, we we can't rely on one person to to suit our tactical need, right? And I think that's kind of what we're running into right now. Until somebody's willing to be that forward who can come back, receive the ball, and create overlap, I think we're going to struggle. Um, Lucas, dare I say, it did a little bit of that today when he came on. It wasn't he, great, right? He but, tried. He, he, he yeah, they had him kind of playing in a in a more central role, which was surprising me. I thought they were going to more of a a three four three when they they brought him on, but instead it was. I, it was some kind of a hybrid of like a what a three three one two or something. I I don't yeah. know like some something weird of, of sorts. But I I'm struggling with you know Harry Kane has always been that player that can that can drop into the midfield, take a ball, mm-hmm. but he's got no outlet. 
He's got mm-hmm. no one to give it to. If you're going to exactly. put, if you're going to swarm Hyung Min's son, you've got to have a wing back to, to get it out to. And Emerson's not that guy. I don't know what, you know, why it's, it's, it's a struggle. And, and, and you're right about Kulisevsky. He is a key piece, but this team can't. And, and frankly, it hadn't until this week, it can't fall apart. I mean, we're talking about a run of form here that, that was fairly decent since the North London Derby. You had the draw against Frankfurt away wins against Brighton uh, coming back and winning against Frankfurt and then the win against Everton. I mean, you could argue that outside of the, the half against Leicester, which came right before the North London Derby, those games against Brighton and Everton were some of the best football we've, we've seen Tottenham play. And then you run into this week with, uh, you know, a tough midweek fixture up at Old Trafford. And then, you know, you come back for the home, the home game against Newcastle and, and you stub your toe twice in a row. And I think that's going to, that's going to make it look a lot worse than it actually is. I never would have expected to go up to old Trafford and win. I would have been hoping for a point. Um, And then you would have been hoping for at least a point today. And today's, I think the game against Newcastle is, is much more disappointing to me than, than losing at old Trafford, especially with the form that, that Manchester United has been in, which has been good form. And they're, they're starting to find themselves. Um, So again, there's no panic button being hit here by me. It's just, you want to get these players back and healthy. And again, I, I think there's, I think the world cup is playing a massive factor into all of this. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I don't expect to see Richarlison back until after the world cup. I, I don't even know that I expect to see Kulisewski at this point back before the end of the world, before, after the world cup. Um, well, not to interrupt you, but that's why they, that's why we didn't see PEH and Romero today for sure, because I, I guarantee both of them just had, minor things. Hey boss, something feels super weird in my leg. Like I can't risk it. Sorry. You know, yeah. got a world cup in three weeks. So yeah, it's, it's a, uh, or at least I'm leaving for the world cup in three weeks. Right. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it is what it is, but we've got to find a way through it. Right. And unfortunately there's only one person that's on. Right. And I'm glad it's not me, but we've got to find a way through all of this. Well, what is your solution? I mean, you, you suggested earlier that, that you wanted to see something different from Conte and I when you say different I think you're talking about a completely different thing that he that he's never done before um which I'm not sure I'd be comfortable with them them going outside of of the realm of of a back three but do you think that they should be exploring something you know just completely out of the realm of what anything that they've done all season at this point I think that well so Conte at Spurs has never worked outside of a back three. He's played a back four plenty, plenty seasons and seasons of it. But I think, right, we have not done it at Spurs, correct? Um, we, I don't, I don't think that we ne- we necessarily need to like look at a long long term change by any means. But right now, I want us to find a way to not use wing backs. I think, again, I don't. I know it's not that simple, right? But the as I talked about earlier, the wingback play is, is com- completely where we're missing, right? It's just not good enough. As you just talked about, Kane and Son find the ball at their feet. There's no one to give the ball to. The wingback should be those outlets and those options. That's why you saw Perisic lead Serie A in, in assists last year, right? Just on fire. He was always in the box. Um, we're not seeing that. And, and – Essentially, what all I'm saying is when you're using a formation that relies so heavily on wingback play that isn't there and it's costing you points, like 
objectively costing you points. I just think something has to be considered. I just don't know what it is, right? I, I, I don't, I don't know. And, and, and this is where I understand Dakota and your point earlier in our group chat, right? How, there isn't even an option to really play anything else besides, besides a back three, right? I don't even know how we would do that. I think the only way you could ever make something work for the way that Conte wants to play is to play a four, four, two diamond. But I just don't even know how that, how that looks right now, because I don't think we have a camp um, in Kulisevsky. And, and, I think what I don't want to do is have this turn into the conversation. Conte doesn't have the depth he needs because we all know where that's going to go. But ultimately, Conte is going to have to find a way to to either get his wingbacks where he needs them to be quickly or not use them. Because even in the earlier matches in the season where I say we didn't play well but got results, it was because of the wingback player, right? It's just specifically outside of, flashes from Sassignon every time he plays. Every time he plays, he looks good at moments. And then a couple really good matches from Doherty, but bar those moments, we just haven't had it. And and, and I think whatever whatever the change is, I just call on Conte to not use wing backs until he can figure out a way to make them more effective. I, I think the the depth question is there because you've had two injuries to two forwards out of your four choices yeah. forward so yeah you know you you're down to two so you're being forced to play the three five two to an extent unless you want to stick lucas or brian heel out there mm-hmm. and i don't think he's comfortable with that no. um and you know as as for the wingbacks i guess the wingbacks is what you're using to hopefully produce more going forward with only two forwards on the pitch because none of your midfielders are like you said none of the midfielders that you have are attacking midfielders they're not offensively minded they've shown a little bit of ability to get forward. we've seen hoybier you know granted he did he was had a knock today and didn't play but we've seen hoybier get forward we've seen him score more goals already this season than he's put up in any season with spurs uh, we've seen him have that ability for denmark we saw in a very small sample size uh skip get forward a little bit today we've seen bentoncourt do some things especially his ability to press um so you've got to find opportunities and ways i think for your for your forwards to interact with someone. And I guess if you're not using wingbacks and just using a back four and fullbacks, those same players, those players being Doherty, Emerson, Perisic, Sessegnon are going to have to, to still do that. Now, I don't know if you're maybe suggesting that you throw Perisic or Sessegnon into a front three or front two of some kind with Kane and son, but it's just not something that they're used to doing. And I think those wingbacks are your, kind of opportunity to replace the offensive output from Richarlison and Kulisevsky. I just don't see another way to do that because you're still going to be, if, if, if you're using a back four and using fullbacks, you're still going to be relying on the same players. You're just going to be relying on them further back in the pitch and not producing anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're not wrong, man. I think like more so than saying, and this sounds so silly, but like more so than saying, here's the change you have to make. I think what I'm saying is, something has to be done and sorted out about the lack of wingback effectiveness. That's, that's really what I'm saying here. And I think, but, but I guess my pushback to that is like, like I said earlier, I think, I think some of the wingback effectiveness has come from the, the shitty play from center backs and forwards, like the link between the two, like they're not getting any help from, from either end on, on, on their, but but wingbacks can certainly be better in my mind. But 
I also think that there's only so much they can do with what's around them as well. Like no yeah, one's but, no one's playing well. I mean, okay, but you and I both feel that the right wing back who's played 85% of our minutes is just wholesomely not good enough to play I do. the position. You're right. So like that's what I'm saying, right? Like we have a we have the 85% of our minutes have gone to a guy that can't even functionally do the job, right? So and then on the other side they're doing functionally half of the job, each of them, right? So, like, I just – Perisic gets cooked every single fucking time he plays. I love the dude. He's phenomenal. But he, he gets fucking just made to look, to look silly defensively in the Premier League. It is what it is, right? Sessegnon's got to get some things figured. Sessegnon's a beast. He's going to be a fucking G. I guarantee it. I, like, you and I both feel that way. We just talked about it, right? He'll get it figured out. But I just don't think that we are good enough because our wingbacks are not good enough, right? And and in Perisic and Sessegnon, we have two that I think can be good enough. In Doherty, I think maybe Emerson. I just yeah, I don't know. Go play right back somewhere. Probably is the is the move. But good player. But but yeah, I just don't know. I just don't see how we can we can say that we have good enough wingbacks to do what we're looking to do. So I say the the solution is you either buy new wingbacks, which we can't do right now. Or make right. a change. It's just like it's a shitty situation, and it's super easy for me to sit here from my living room in in Washington State and say make a change, right? But like, I don't know. Something's gonna have to happen. No, I I agree with you. I you know, there's eight more matches uh, for Tottenham Hotspur before the window is is open, and I do think there's gonna need to be some work done in January in order to supplement this squad, especially if they're gonna be continuing to deal with the injury issues that they have been. And, and I think this is not something that we, uh, this is not something that was unexpected coming into the season. Everyone knew there were going to be injuries. There's going to be loads of games in, in the month of October and especially in the month of October and April because of the world cup, there's gonna be loads of injuries. I'm sure coming out of the world cup too. Like all of these things are things that we're going to have to deal with. Um, so I think you're going to need to supplement in January. And I do think that not only, is the wingback spot a spot that you can perhaps improve, but you've also got to get like a, a player who can come in for Kulisevsky because the, he's the only player that, that can, that can do what he does. And we've seen the effects of it. Um, they've been able to, as you said, scrape out some wins when not playing well early in the season, but now you get two consecutive losses in the league like this and, and looking as bad as it does, that's really going to shine a spotlight on, the big problems. And I, you know, I, I'm, I don't think that if a Charleston was healthy and able to play in Kulisevsky spot, I don't think that solves the problems because he's not the same type of player. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can play a three, four, three with him up there, but it's, he's not going to do the same things. And and we've seen, he's not, a, he's not really the player for the three, four, three in that way on the right side that, that anyone would expect. You expect him more on the left side as a, kind of sun rotational piece um, or a late game sub when you, when you need him to come on and, you know, do some shit that is, he, he's very good at doing uh, for, for lack of a better term, you know, the throwing a foot in here and, and wasting some time there, you, you know, that's, that's, that's who that type of player is. Um, I just, it's frustrating because for me, I think that you're wanting not that you're frustrating. You're frustrating in a different way sometimes, but I won't get into that. <laughs> no, it's frustrating that 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 I feel like Conte is doing what he can with what he has right now, and I don't think he's getting. And this is granted, this is on him as well. It's on him to get 
from the players what he needs, but I don't think the players are giving him what he needs, even though he's trying to extract them from it. Does that make any sense? I, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not seeing the players put up what he needs from them. Granted, th- there's, you know, there's a lot that can, there's a lot of injury stuff and a lot of, you know, this player is not as good in this position and not as comfortable here, but he's got pieces. He's got pieces and he's throwing his pieces out there, but it's just, you know, when you're missing, when today you're missing Kulisevsky, Richarlison, Hoybier, Romero, uh, am I missing anyone? I think, I don't think I'm missing anyone, but when you're missing all of those pieces who, who would normally be in your lineup or, or at least on the verge of your lineup, um, it's tough. And, you know, they, they, I thought they should have been able to at least get a point today. And that's frustrating. Again, the United match I threw away almost immediately. It sucked to see the way that they played in the, in the second half and the way that they kind of packed the tents in pretty early. Um, but with the way that United's playing, I will chalk that up as they're on form and we're not quite, but today was disappointing because I don't, I think you should have been able to at least scrape together a point against Newcastle. And it came down to. Do you want to talk any more about this Larice play with 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 him the, the question about him being fouled because I I think you and I saw it kind of similarly I don't think that's a foul that you can really give there I thought if anything Larice was going was going to need to to kind of hoof that ball further away and he kind of just chested it or or almost hit it with his hip um, not mm-hmm. not far enough away and then took the contact and almost expected to be gifted something there um, did you see that any differently uh, No I think that was the correct call for sure. Um... I don't, I think that this is going to sound so just like brutish and like stupid of me. And I don't mean for it to, but if that's a foul, then that, then there's just no physical aspect of the sport anymore. Right. Because that is just straight up level, level body to body. Yeah. No standing your ground raised. basically. Yeah. 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 Right. And I think Lori's just got bodied. Fucking <laughs> it sucks. Right. Just got bodied. And I, I say this very lightly and carefully because I am, I am not throwing my fucking head into shit, but most keepers head that ball, right? Um, because they know they have to. Or and get their foot it. on it even. Yeah, something, right? I Like, I would see Ederson would be throwing his head, in, a diving header at that ball for sure. And I'm not saying Hugo should have. Head injuries are a serious fucking thing, life before sports always, but... He definitely didn't make the decision that a world-class keeper would make, I think. Um, and unfortunately, not. I'm not even saying he should have, right? I'm not having a world-class conversation or anything like that. I'm just saying the decision he made was the wrong one, and it, and it was not a foul, and here we are. Um, and a good finish from Callum Wilson, for sure. Yeah, it was. It was a good finish. And, and, and the, I think the thing, when you go back and look at that again, the other thing that frustrated me about it was Eric Dyer – Starts yes. to run back to cover the goal, and while doing so, is kind of waving his arms at the ref, looking for a foul. If he just books it back to the goal, I'm not saying he makes a stop on on the finish, but he at least has a better chance to. I, chance I, you know, he does, I, honestly. Yeah. There, there's a chance, and and that's that was frustrating too because I I get that players are 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 trying to work the ref throughout a match, and and that's an important thing to do. It's an aspect of the game that's important, but you gotta also play through to the whistle if you don't hear a whistle you gotta you know you gotta play through it and that Mm -hmm. was that was tough as well the second goal i'm gonna 
really put on on as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to put it on Larice mostly too because the pass mm-hmm. out to Sessignon really left him hung out to dry. Sessignon is the one that looked bad in that moment. Um, it's a combination of of Larice's poor pass and then Longley just getting absolutely Good. cooked. I mean, torched. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't I don't put much on Sessignon honestly. Like, sure, I think the the only thing Sessignon can do there, and it's so easy to say, is is take a card and just not let that yeah. happen, right? But I think. I'm not even saying I would prefer that. That's just what he can do. But I think Longley is flat-footed and just got fucking toasted. And um, and you know what? The same kind of thing could easily happen to Ben Davis too. Like he, mm-hmm. you could see him get toasted in that. In that, uh, this is not a uh, a anti-Longley type no, of thing no, no, here. No. But in that moment, it was it was not good. It was very bad. Yeah. And and honestly, Hugo lets the Hugo got to the ball. Like he it just got under him. You mm-hmm. go in that moment yeah. too. Like, can we can we get a little from a tough angle? Can we get a little bit? But it was just a calamity um, of errors there. And um, great play you know, they, from Alaron too. Holy shit, it, that was it, a great it, goal. No question. Uh, Spurs were able to get the one back, and I thought in that moment that was the moment you really push forward for a second. And they just they they spun their tires. The, the second half was wild too, with all the weather. Um, you know, at halftime that the heavens opened up and and the storms mm-hmm. came and. Uh, players were slipping and sliding all over the place and dripping wet. And um, it didn't look like a fun experience for anyone there in the stadium, but um, I don't know, man, I'm not, I'm certainly not happy about the the way that the last week went, but I'm not, I don't have it in me to hit, to, to, to massively panic. Um, Spurs can turn around this week and, you know, put their best foot forward. They've got sporting midweek uh, in the champions league, a really important match. You win it, you qualify for the next round. Um, and then you can kind of take that final uh, game, which is next next Tuesday, uh, the 1st of November, that final match where you travel to Marseille. You can take that one off. So Champions League returns this week. And then next weekend, uh, Spurs have to travel to Bournemouth. And that's a team that, you know, I don't think there should be any problems, but you just never know in this day and age, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, these matches are all everyone is so tight. I mean, you look at the table. Spurs are still sitting. It's funny for as much complaining as we're doing. Spurs are are sitting third. They are, you know, Newcastle have creeped up into the top four now after beating us today. Um, but we're five points off. Arsenal dropped points this weekend. They they drew with uh, uh, Southampton, right? Um, so they drop points. Um, you're only five back of them. You're you're three back of City, who who were back to winning ways after losing to Liverpool last weekend. Um, it's just there's a, still a lot to play for, and there's no. There's no throwing in the towel. There's no, it's still so early. I'm just, it's a frustrating week that you kind of just have to, these are the, 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 the piles of shit you have to shovel during a, during a premier league season. You've got to get through these, these tough weeks that everything kind of looks like hell, but Bournemouth next weekend um, and, you know, champions league qualifications still to be had. And like I said, there is, um, I'm trying to pull it up here. There's, there's only a handful of games left before this break. So there's, you've got the sporting match, Bournemouth, Marseille, and then, Liverpool, Forest in the Cup, and Leeds, and that's it. And then it's then and then we're all going to be aching for 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 club football to come back because we're going to be having to watch this World Cup um, and yeah, not really I, care as much. Yeah, I agree. I think I I I am also not panic button, nor will I ever even be doom and gloom. It's just fucking sports. But I think if I could if I could end on a positive, we 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 will have an entire world cup to get some things sorted out. Right. Sessegnon will not be at the world cup. God love him. I hope he is, but he's not going to be there. Doherty's not going to be there. Emerson's not going to be there. 
right? We'll have we'll have a good six weeks to, to work with our fullbacks and we'll have a transfer window, right? I need to see us get a right wing back in who can come in and be effective quickly. Someone Conte knows. I need to see us get a replacement for Kulusevsky in. We we use a front three, so four forwards is not going to cut it. We need five, like straight up, right? Maybe even six. That's why Gillen and Bra- and Lucas are still here when they wanted moves, right? Yeah, we just, that's we need, fair. We need depth, right? That's we we need a forward because we use a front three and we have four. We need forwards. we need a forward that Conte is comfortable playing though. That's yes, that's the big exactly like, exactly or two bodies. Yes, and then what we need, by God, this is a tough one. We need someone who can do Dyer's job besides him because he conducts the entire shape. Like everything is through Dyer. And the only person I think on the team who can conduct our entire shape besides Dyer is PEH. But PEH can't play in the middle of the back three. He shouldn't, right? He could, but he shouldn't. And so we have to have somebody else who can conduct from the back of the middle of the back because Dyer does such a good job of that that you have to play him, but he needs a rest. He's looked like he's looked knackered. He looks physically exhausted. He's played every minute this season, right? The only player on the team who's played every single minute this season is Eric Dyer. So we need someone to give him a mental break, right? Because I I know we can look at him and say he's made some mistakes. He's flipped off. Like that I that guy is carrying the the, the weight of the entire team up to Conte on the field. He is for sure. And again, like he needs a mental break even more so than a physical one, I think. And that's a tricky one because I just don't know who has the leadership quality or ability to do what he's doing right now for Conte. Well, and it'll be, interesting to, if, it'll be interesting to see if he even gets one during the World Cup because there's there's a there's a damn good chance that even with his dip in play that he's, he's going, he's, yeah. he's going to the World Cup. I mean, well, it, so. yeah, if, if we if we want a real solution to the Eric Dyer problem and it's a problem. What I just discussed, he's not a problem, but the Eric Dyer problem, we could call the lack of a replacement for him or a like for like. You go to Inter, you go for Skriniar, or you go for or uh, um, the Dutch center back, who I can't think of his name, but Dakota will know. Um, Skriniar or him, maybe Bastoni. I don't think we – Bastoni can't play in the middle. So I think if you if you really need a Dyer replacement, you go get Skriniar. He can step in. He played there for Conte. Um, but it's something that has to be addressed. So again, to end on a positive, we've got an entire six week window to fix problems. But again, I will call on Conte to put a fucking bandaid on us to get us there. And I just don't know how that's going to happen. So we'll see. I hear you. I know you wanted to end on a positive, but I will also mention um, Caroline's not here to give us a full report. I was not able to watch the the women's match yesterday, but uh, they took it on the chin three uh, nil to Manchester City's women. Um, that is uh, a tough result. Uh, they they it's only it's only the second loss of the season, but they've lost four nil to Arsenal and three nil to Manchester City. Uh, so two wins and two losses from four matches so far for Spurs women. Uh, they're back in action next weekend against Brighton. Um, so I'll just I'll just mention that because, like I said, I was not able to watch it, but Caroline said uh, it, it it did not look pretty and that the injury. The injury problem is bad on the women's side as well. So, um, hooray. (laughs) Yeah, I also did not watch. And I would love to have, but it was a 3.30 a.m. Pacific time kick. And I have... I have standards. You have, your be- you have to get your beauty rest. I understand. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I had the wedding going on, a wedding, a family wedding going on here uh, in North Carolina yesterday, and all of that. So I was not able to tune in, but we'll get a we'll get a full report from Caroline uh, at her next chance to join the pod, um, and we will we will go from there. But it's it's got to turn around at some point. It's 
got to turn around at some point. Uh, only a couple matches uh, left to go here over the next few weeks before the World Cup break, and the women will will carry on. Um, the Women's World Cup coming up next year too. I'm sure you saw the draw for that. That's that's yeah. exciting stuff as well. So uh, there, that's it's 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 all happening. All all the football happening. Uh, Scotty, thanks for for hopping on with me here, man. Um, I know this was you know, meet with me traveling me out of town and you had a window here. We were able to squeeze a pot in and, and at least give uh, the, the listeners of the Tottenham Depot something to, to wet their whistle before we're able to, to convene once again, hopefully next weekend, uh, it'll be better results to talk about. Um, that is, that is at least the hope. So we'll, we'll go from there. Uh, you can follow Scott at DSM Spurs. You can follow me at Aestetka. Most importantly, follow us at Tottenham Depot for all of your Spurs related needs. Um, Let's uh let's let's turn this thing around. Let's get some let's get some victories, get some points in the bag. Champions League, Premier League, all coming up before the World Cup. Uh until next time, leave us a rating and review uh on your podcast app of choice. Hit us up on the socials again at Tottenham Depot. This has been the Tottenham Depot Podcast. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs.